Hello and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and honestly, today I have one of the biggest treats for you all out there. Uh, we've got some special guests today. Uh, you could say that I've learned a little bit more about Zoom today. I'm, I'm getting a little, a little tech savvy, and today I have two really good friends with me, Maya Kane and Robert Klauser. Uh, so excited to have both of you guys on the show today. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me, Alex. I'm super excited. Um, I just, I'm kind of like in an emotional, uh, I don't know, headspace because I just rewatched the last episode. So I'm trying to reset right now. Yeah. But I'm, doing good. I'm doing good. Good. Robert? Yeah, I'm glad to be here with y'all, man. Thanks for having me, Alex. Yeah, of course. So uh, people were wondering, you know, what, what are we going to be talking about? We got, we got the trio here. What, what's going to happen? We're talking about Lovecraft Country, and we're not talking about a specific episode. We're going to be talking about the entire thing. So before we dive in, uh, just a word for the wise. There will be spoilers all over this. We will not be holding back at all. So if you have not seen this, I highly recommend doing so. You can stream it on uh, HBO Max. It's uh, only 10 episodes, so it's very quick uh, and easy. To, well, maybe it isn't that easy to get through. It's, it's, it's tough at some points, but uh, it is totally worth it. It is such a good show. So um, I'll start real quickly by just kind of going over some of the bits of Lovecraft Country, and then uh, we can talk a little bit about just our thoughts about the overall season and uh, kind of see where things take us from there. So this show came out this year, uh, developed by uh, and show run by Misha Green, uh, starring Journey Smollett, Jonathan Majors, uh, Unjanu Ellis, I hope I said that right, uh, Courtney Vance, and uh, a bunch of other fantastic actors in this. I, I can't think of a single person in this where I was like, ah, the acting was a little bit off. They were all so good. Uh, but it's a show that is about, um, it's about a, a group of people who are in 1950s Jim Crow America, and they uh, stumble upon a sort of, I guess you could stay, say from the first episode, kind of a conspiracy of sorts where uh, they're, they're figuring things out and investigating it. And by the end of the whole season, you realize that it's not a conspiracy at all. And, and the biggest thing I'd say is that magic is real. And that was the coolest part of the show was just that, you know, there was such a magical element to it. And there was also a really cool racial element to it as well of uh, learning about all kinds of uh, things from the past, a lot of stuff that America has kind of buried and they bring a lot of it up in a really cool way. So uh, Robert, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on, uh, on the season as a whole? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, like you were talking about the racial undertones. It, the thing that struck me about the show was like, it's supposed to be, you know, fantastic or it's supposed to be like a horror genre. But like, to me, the scariest parts of that, this whole series was the real life stuff. It's not it's the, the historical things were the, the scariest part to where the, uh, the fantastic or the, the glory was kind of a relief, you know, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was you know well done like you said. Uh, cast was great front to back. Uh, everything they talked about was you know something that really happened back in those days. You know they 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 touched on a lot of things that happened. You know uh, Jim Crow America in, in the fifties and like uh, Emmett Till and the Freedom Riders on the uh, the uh, buses coming from the south going in you know Chicago stuff like that. So I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of a lot of stuff that you know make people uh, look at systemic racism back then is kind of kind of not too too much different from what we have today you know 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what it points out a little bit. Yeah, totally agree. Maya, what about you? No, I, I totally agree. Like, I mean, like, that was a great way to say it, Robert. Like, so, like, the magic and all that stuff was, it was almost, like, relief. And, like, my, I'd rather see a monster than, you know, seeing, like, that intense scene of them getting, like, chased down by a cop. Um, literally, right. literally doing nothing wrong. So, I think it was, and also, like, a very, like, visually, like, amazing <laughs> show i mean a lot of the stuff was really hard to stomach but obviously it shows like it's good and i know y'all are more for in the horror realm than i am but um the fact <laughs> that they pull off <laughs> some of like some of these like visuals are just wow like insane and mm-hmm. I, I really liked the idea that and i know we've all talked about like some of the themes from black panther where it's like yeah, you can look at a lot of like the magic as just magic and spells and witchcraft, but I feel like I really loved how the show kind of looked at ancestry, um, family, and like kind of that being like the core of this, like this magic that's being used, all being tied back like ancestors and things like that, like the power, um, like the spirit, all of that is like rooted in like, ancestors and hannah and hattie and all of that and i really like that too because a lot of the times when you go back and obviously this film's already i mean this series is already in the past but when you go back further you look at um like the time of slavery and then the time of um in this case um around the tulsa riots like you just always just feel really really bad and it doesn't seem like anyone has any control like the black people have any control over that narrative you always just like look back and like, oh, this is horrible. I'm so happy you don't live there. But then now like switching that to be like, oh, they're the ones enabling like all this change and magic to happen and this progress to happen rather than, you know, okay, we're doing all the changing right now. Like they were kind of enabling it too. So I don't know if that really made sense, but that's something that I was thinking about, like just giving a, a better narrative to kind of like all the people who brought us this far. Yeah, that's a that's, really great. That's point. A really good point. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I like that idea too of that. It almost seemed like you know those who are part of the bloodline are the ones who were the most powerful, and that their magic was the most pure. And so that was, I think, the coolest part of Atticus, the main character, was uh, that he had that sort of secret tie to it. And it's so it's just so funny to think back to that first episode and how mm-hmm. little you know watching that episode. And I, I can't wait to rewatch the series because I feel like when you watch that first episode, you'd be like, man, he has no idea what he is about to like step into because of, just because right. he was searching for his father. And, and, and almost, if I remember right, he wasn't even the one wanting to search for his father. Wasn't it his, his Uncle George that was kind of like, hey, I'm going to go. And he, they were like, yeah, we'll come with. And, and then it was like from there, literally just a nonstop ride. But that, no, whole, he, that he whole got- idea was so cool. Yeah, he got he got the letter from his dad. That's why he came back. That's right. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, George and and uh, Let, uh, Letty came with him. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're exactly right. It's just, it goes from you know like a missing persons case to whatever <laughs> you want to call this shit. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. It really buzzes. Yeah. Like and I I love that too about how kind of each episode had its own sort of feel. And it felt mm-hmm. like each episode was kind of adapting a different type of horror genre 
while right. at the same time still forwarding the story and, and also focusing on a specific character. I thought that was great too. Each episode kind of mm-hmm. spotlighted one of the, of the team. And, uh, mm-hmm. and again, I mean, and we can even just do that. We could start with that first episode. Cause I was going to say that that ending in the first episode, I think kind of sets the tone for the entire series mm-hmm. of uh, starting from when they got pulled over in the woods and right. pop shows up and says, hey, you know, you need to, this is a sundown town, you need to get out of here, and then follows them the entire way, and then, you know, mm-hmm. they hit the they hit the county line, and there's cops on the other side waiting for them, mm-hmm. and then, you know. Yeah, that's, that's like the, 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 the tensest 25 mile per hour chase you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> the hair was standing on my, like, standing yeah. at full alert when I was watching that. I'm like, come on. You know, and of course, go, right, like, they get to the around. end, he follows every rule. He does everything that he's supposed to do, and it's still not good enough. It was such a mm-hmm. such a powerful allegory for you know so many things that people go through today, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. ugh, it was it was so hard to watch. But at the same time, you can't look away, and you're just like, right. oh, like what's going to happen? And then we get to what you were saying, Robert, of uh, the scene in the woods where all of the the Cthulhu monsters come out, and we start mm-hmm. to see. And and I think that was one of the most powerful pieces of the entire series or the, the mm-hmm. season is that whole idea of, uh, yeah, these creatures and this horror is really scary, but it is mm-hmm. not as scary as the stuff that's actually happening in real well, life. Look, look what's happening now with the pandemic. You know, we're still, we're still finding time to freaking put, put our knees on people's necks and kill them yep. when we should be like trying, trying to, you know, combat this virus. And the same thing happens in the show. You got, you got the, 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 the shaga, the dogs, and and the the one cop, I guess the deputy has trained his gun on and on Tick and, and and uh George. This guy's changing right beside him and he still has his gun trained on the black dudes. But mm-hmm. he, he won't take the gun away. The guy's changing right in front of him and he's still he's 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 conditioned, you know, to to point the gun at the uh oppressed people. And yeah. and it's just, you know, it's just crazy. And it's funny, too, because in that line, too, he says, the, the guy was like, are you really pointing the gun at me? Like, there's a monster right over here. And the, and the officer right. says, monsters aren't real. And it's like, yeah. Like, He's changing. So, <laughs> it's like, dude, they're right there in front of you, and you can't even admit it. Like, And that's, again, very apropos for a way a lot of people yeah. think that way of, like, racism isn't real. And it's like, it's right there in front of you, and you can't mm-hmm. even see it. So that's, it was just such a powerful episode. And, and, like, on that same vein, that's what it's like, wow, like, it really shows that you just think like that black body is the monster. Like literally seeing the monster in your face, like the fact that he still had his gun turned. And it's, it's, it's really funny in a way that they, they pointed it out. They made it so obvious, like, wow, it's right in front of you and you still don't see it. Um, and because, I mean, that's cool. Like, I mean, not cool, but like the fact that, like you said, people think of racism as a myth, but it's, it's very much there. It just, you're not, you're not wanting to accept it just because, you know, for, for whatever reason. So I, that, mm-hmm. that uh, first episode definitely set the tone of kind of like the, the rest of the series and like our relationship with the idea of like seeing and believing, you know, like, yes. And I think, I think it's really powerful. And I mean, it, it's definitely like the, like Robert's in the very beginning, like almost the biggest takeaway from the show. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so from there, you know, we get into the next episode. Well, and, and at that point, you know, they're searching for his father and they end up at mm-hmm. that mansion. 
and the guy opens the door and welcomes him in and it ended. And I was like, Oh man, like I can't wait for this, the next episode. And then the next episode starts and we get a whole nother thing. And it's so funny too. And I guess we'll talk about when we get to it, but like, again, going back to rewatch all this and realizing that that guy who opened like the Butler dude, who's like, yeah, you know what? That was Christina the entire time. Yeah. Um, right. So like, I would love to see if there were any sort of instances where like the, the filmmakers knew it and, you know, maybe they do something with it and we, we didn't notice it because of that. But this second episode I thought was really good too. And I'm trying to think of what the biggest piece of that one is. But to me, I think it's the scene where all three of them are in their rooms and they all see their own visions that are being manipulated, obviously by the, the grand wizards or whatever you, whatever right. the sons of Adam. And uh, I just thought that whole thing was so powerful because you got to see all three of those characters, uh, Letty, Atticus and George kind of experience like a completely different, it's, it was kind of like all three of them took a drug and all three of them had a different reaction to it sort of yeah. thing. Like, but they were all equally powerful reactions. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Robert. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that's like, I, I think they were talking about something that's called white gaze where, where like they manipulate their, their, their brains to think like, you know, tick ticks, like reminiscing back to uh, the Korean war where he did some, some horrible stuff and they're trying to point out the stuff he's done. And they're and they're like with George, they're trying to point out the fact that he might be ticks dad. You see him dancing with, with ticks mom yeah. and Letty, you know, she, she's obviously got a thing for tick and they try to exploit that. So it's kind of like they're making them feel a certain type of way, trying to trying to trying to uh, uh, label them. And and George tells them like, you know, when when they come out the room, like, you know, they're they're not going to beat us. This is not who we are. This is not who you are. You know, we can't let them define who we are. That's 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 what I took away from it. I think yeah. they were trying. They're trying to like, and and it goes on in, in 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 you know society now where people are trying to put labels on different people or different cultures and stuff. And that's not, you know, that's not the case. Yeah, I, that's so true, because I, I remember I looked at it, it's almost like everyone had their own, like, cage, I feel mm -hmm. like, yeah. and it's like, especially looking, like, a lot of times, like, Black people are, like, looked and accepted as a source of entertainment. Right. And then, like, right. you know, but, you know, in these cages, in this, like, stage, if you will, like, you know, it's not okay, like, and it's the point where it's, like, you know, especially at the end where they were, like, Tony Golden's character, I forget what his name is, like, you're literally just watching them. And it is just so sad to see, like, literally all these three different, like, journeys and exploring pain that, you know, they, they take, take pleasure in it. And it's just so twisted. And I think that, I mean, I think this episode really cues, like, tees up the idea of, like, healing and, like, trying to seek abundance rather than, like, constantly in like the scarcity mindset and like fear and everything like that especially with the episode I can't wait till we talk about that <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it like it really shows like okay you know this is where they're starting like this is where everyone's own individual struggles are um and yeah like basically there's people on the outside looking in as like like a source of entertainment but also like you know time doesn't stop for anyone so it's like like the fact that they have this burden of like fighting the stuff inside of them and also the people like who are kind of like spectators and who are also their adversaries. It's like they're fighting two battles at once, which was really heavy, honestly. 
Yeah. And then at that point, you know, they, they kind of break, they break loose and uh, they get and, and kind of dive a little deeper to where they uh, Atticus and George show up. And I, that scene where he like basically says like, Hey, I know I'm the descendant. Like I, we figured it out. You, you got to listen to what I have to say. And he like makes them all leave and all that I thought was so cool. But then at the end of that episode, I love, I just loved the, Cause I was like, there's no way this is the second episode when he's got Atticus all tied up and he starts performing the ritual. I'm like, something's about to happen. And then the fact that his ancestor showed up and kind of helped him in that and essentially blew everybody up. I was like, Oh, this is great. This is awesome. Like what a twist to have what is assumed to be like the whole season's idea. Like, okay, this guy is trying to get immortality and that, that, that's fine. Great. That's the whole season. So have that cut stop right on the second episode. I was like, oh, wow. So do you guys think that, like, looking back at the last episode, do you think that that was part of that spell that she put on them to, like, hide them and protect them from, from those people, from, from, the, from the, uh, the, the Grand Wizard guys? Yeah. Do you think? Well, or? And I was, I was wondering that, too, because, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to rescue Montrose. So did mm-hmm. they ever really dive into why they took Montrose in the first place? Like, I wonder, did they take Montrose knowing that Atticus would come to save him? Like, at the end of the day, yeah. they wanted Atticus in the first place. So I'm sure right. they had That's a plan they... in place to, to kind mm-hmm. of prepare for that. And so I would imagine, too, because the way, you know, like when the in the, one of the last episodes, when they get back and they open the book, and, and all of a sudden they're, they're in the, the spirit world. So, and, and they're, you know, right. they're talking with their ancestors, you know, that those ancestors have been watching them. Like they, they aren't just like, Oh wow, it's been forever. How are you doing? Like they, they're like, we got to get down to business. There's no time for small talk. So like, you got to know that they've probably been keeping their eyes on them for like the whole time. Right. But you got to remember too, that, 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 uh, uh, Montrose is not directly in the bloodline. So they, they, ha- they can't just forcibly take ticks. So they have to find a way to get him there without taking them. Like you see Christina following them the whole time. She can't, she can't just abduct them. Because, yeah. because, because uh, uh, you know the, the the spells they put on the family to protect them from from the Braithwaites. Yeah. So, so did that, they mention that, that, that at all? That's my take on it. Did they mention it all they about mentioned- Mon- like maybe that they tested it on Montrose and it didn't work? Like, how would they know that he wasn't part of the bloodline? Uh, I'm I'm sure they've been keeping tabs on him, like you said, but they can't like physically abduct anybody because because of the 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 enchantment that their ancestors put on the on the bloodline. Like they, they couldn't just take tick or they couldn't take anybody else before that they had to like wait kind of you know yeah. yeah that's a good call and i'll point out too the second episode the title of that one's whiteys on the moon and if you guys mm-hmm. remember that was the kind of the they did they always do those sort of cool quotes at the end of the episode where someone's speaking yeah. like a presenter and i think when i was listening, yeah, it's like a spoken that, word yeah mm-hmm. and when i was listening to that podcast i think they were talking about the reason they chose it for that was the, the whole idea of that whole thing was like you know, there's so much going on in America and especially for like the black community, like X, Y, Z is happening. Oh, but you know, Whitey's on the moon. Like, okay, cool. Let's all yeah. focus on NBA. So I think the reason they chose that for that too, was like these, these, you know, the the sons of Adam are so focused on this when we have all these actual problems going on with Tick and Atticus and that, or them trying to find the, their dad and all that stuff. You, you got to think about too, like the village that, that supports the Braithwaites. They're like, Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm medieval times basically and they could be pulling them people up you know and you got this ignorant ass lady freaking you know with the dogs but yeah. like they're they're focused on finding eden just like like back in the 50s and 60s we're focused on going to the moon but you got problems in your own backyard and we're focused on right something something so ridiculous instead of instead of trying to trying to uplift the whole society like no we want to keep a hierarchy where 
you're down there and we, we could care less about you. We're going to, we're going to shoot for some crazy shit. Yeah. Know? That's a great, that's a great point. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah. So then the next, the next episode, and I think the next episode, that was where we were telling Maya, like, Hey Maya, <laughs> like, trust us. I have a feeling that episode <laughs> three is probably the scariest episode for you. If you can make it through that one, you can make it. Through oh, all yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do believe that that one probably scared me the most. And so that's where you almost started seeing the genres. Cause then that third episode is kind of like the haunted house movie where uh, mm-hmm. Letty buys a house in a white neighborhood, which I thought was so cool. And they called her, it was like the pi- pioneering of like right. uh, moving into a white neighborhood. And of course, right. nobody likes it. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, but then like everything starts happening they start digging into the history of that house and how, what was it that they're being used for experiments? There are people, were yeah. being, you know, experimented on there and those were the actual ghosts in the house. But that, mm-hmm. me, and then at that point, again, it's like that episode started the, the single person stories, right? So like the first two episodes, mm-hmm. I feel like set the show up and now it's single story. So this was Letty's episode where we learned right. a little bit more about her, kind of the relationship with her and her sister. I, I think if I hadn't fallen in love with Journey already in the other two episodes, like she sold me in this one. Like she was yeah. so good. Yeah. She was amazing. That that whole that whole scene I remember said that chick was looking like Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. That was so funny. The Charlie Brown dance. Yeah, when he, when he got possessed. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was intense to just see all of those like spirits and and it's like, like, again, going back to like ancestors, like, you know, they're there, like, um, and almost like, like idea of like stepping stones to get where you are. But like, it's just so to, to be 100% transparent, like the mechanics of like the magic and everything I was really lost on. So like, shout out to you, Robert, Alex, for kind of like, helping me understand some things. But what they made very clear is like, this is like a story about family and it's like things really just don't go away. They just transform. And it's just a matter of if you, you know, if you're open to seeing and learning it and that's, what's really great about like Tick and Letty. It's like, they're actually actively seeking this. Obviously they had their own like issues their way, but they're ultimately seeking truth. And like that is obviously able to open them up to this like crazy journey to basically you know, save their family, save their bloodline and things like that. But yeah, this episode was really, really freaky. Um, but I think it was, it was really powerful too. What'd you think yeah. about the ghosts acting as security in the house in the end? Oh yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was really great. Yeah. I love, I love homeboy's face when he turned around and saw that dude with the, 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 the basketball player yeah. with the baby head. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh man, what a creepy ghost. And I'm like, oh, you're dead. That was dude. hilarious. Yeah. yeah, but see that there, there you go. This, this more of the the, the horrific stuff is is, is relief, right? Because because the scary part <laughs> is these guys are in in Letty's house, just free, you know, free and clear mm-hmm. in her house, messing with the boiler room, you know, in there uh, about to try to hurt and kill people. They got you know bricks on on their horns, and that's okay. That's all okay. That's the scariest part of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yep. It's not the ghost. It's not Tick doing the Charlie Brown. You know. Uh, you know. It's not. It's not. And and also the fact that that house was being used as you know, uh, experimenting on black bodies. I mean, you you think about stuff like the Tuskegee Airmen and stuff like that. You know, stuff that ha- actually happened in real life is kind of like alluding to that. Yeah. What this episode is dealing with. So. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And we also that's the that's the uh, the first appearance of the Ori uh that yeah. uh the the cool planetary thing that's hiding in that mm-hmm. one room that of course uh I don't uh, Hippolyta just like ends up taking. Like I don't know how she snuck that thing out of the house, but she did. So congratulations to her. Uh but then yeah, so at the end of that they've they've essentially exercised the demons as best as they can. And uh, they kind of move into the next episode, which is that a history of violence. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just National, scrolling down on Wikipedia. Uh, National Treasure. Yeah. That's the, yeah, is that the one? Uh, yep, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that one, I yeah, and again, I, I loved that one too because to credit to Robert for not spoiling it at all. But he's like, hey, you know, I think you guys are going to find a clear connection to something when you see this. And seriously, the minute that they went in that cave, I was like, oh, it's National Treasure. This is awesome. And Maya said the same thing. So I was like, yeah. But again, so cool to see, again, genre change immediately. Like no more Haunted House, not as scary, but still really cool that they're doing the work. They're diving in and, and really exploring to figure this out. And I think one of the coolest pieces of this is this whole time, like they're doing it for not necessarily selfish reasons. Like they don't want this magic so that they can become all powerful. They're doing it to protect everybody. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, a, there's a, a nobility to what it is that they're doing that I think kind of guides them as they're going. But, um, but yeah, no. So what, what did you guys think of that one? I, I like the episode a lot, but it's, it's a, there's a theme that goes on in this show all the way up until like maybe episode uh, seven or eight. Uh, it's like people always get left and left behind. Like like they, they go drive to, to Massachusetts with Hippolyta and next thing you know they're in the damn elevator going back to the house and she's stuck, you know. <laughs> she's like, Where the hell are they at? She her her and uh her and D are back in Massachusetts and how the hell did they get back to Chicago? It seems like like you said, they they're they're doing stuff for their family, but everybody's doing stuff at their own speed. Nobody's yep. nobody's working together. And that's kinda like something that they don't figure out until the end of course i mean it wouldn't make for a good series if you know everybody figured it out right away but yeah. like the whole time during during different episodes everybody's doing their own thing thinking they're doing the right thing but they're not yeah and you know there's a really interesting kind of uh theme there too with that because it kind of speaks to the whole idea of that you know people in power are always trying to divide us and they're trying to keep us that way and while no one actively did that in this in this season it was all because of stuff that happened to all of these different characters in the past you know like with Hippolyta constantly being minimized and Montrose constantly being uh, berated for who he was like they all are set back a couple pegs so that they're not on the same page and it's because of the way society kind of pushed them into certain directions and told them oh you know to get by you need to act this way or you need to be this way and that's kind of why they're not connected and i think that makes it such a cool thing at the end when they end up getting connected but it makes it really interesting because every single episode you're like god if you'd have just like texted someone yeah you'd have just sent them a memo we would be done like it'd be a five episode series it'd be great but it never well, happens it's, it's kind of an allegory of black america right you keep yeah. keep everybody divided in a way you keep everybody doing their own thing even though everybody wants the same thing you're just going about it a different way exactly and we're not getting we're not getting together and empowering each other we're we're, we're doing our own thing but it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing that's happening in the show to, yeah. in my opinion i really liked how well there's two things <clears throat> i really well wanted it definitely like affirmed that history is the answer like digging in things and i love how it was they went to like an actual museum and 
it's literally this museum in plain sight and it's like okay this is supposed to be showcasing history i think it was a museum right like yeah yeah and then like you know they actually explore what's actually under there and there's just so much more and um you know i was anthropology minor in school so we always talked about how like in a way like a lot of times museums it can be very performative and it's a lot of times it's not telling like you know there's there's a lot of things missing when you pick and choose what history to display so like the fact that they can go down and like learn more and really you know discover you know truth was really powerful um but something that and i remember i was so confused at the very end when montrose kills that like the two-spirit sorceress um woman um i was so i'm like why like why did he kill her and i'm thinking oh he was hiding something this whole time maybe we're going to find out later and obviously you know we do but now i'm like okay wow like the two-spirited person was almost like him and I don't know if, the, if there was a definitive wow. reason why he killed him, but it's like more so like thematically like, wow, like he living a double life, like feeling like so divided within their own selves. Like, is that the reason why he killed him? Uh, so I, I just didn't know. I'm like, maybe that's the answer, but I'm curious to know what y'all, y'all thought of, like why. Yeah. I, I, just, I just thought it was like, like alluding to the title of History of Violence, you, 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 uh, he's trying to protect tick and basically the only way he knows how is to, to kill this, this person mm. and stop him from, stop him from learning. You know, he, he, the whole time he's trying to stop him from, from, you know, doing magic and stuff like that. He's, he's trying to stop him from, from going down his rabbit hole with the Braithwaites. So yes. okay, it's so kind of like a, it's kind of like a desperation thing. It's kind of like a desperation thing. He does, you know, this, this person's been, you know, revived or, you know, reincarnated mm. and he doesn't know any other way. Gotcha, but, okay. but to kill kill him or her or whatever, whatever you know. Yeah, and that, 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 that is, that's what that is what it says on Wikipedia too. It says Montrose murders uh, Yahima to keep them from revealing more information about the pages. And that's I think you kind of right. see that in a couple of episodes where he just keeps <laughs> doing these asinine things of like, dude, yeah. come on! And every single time he's like, you don't you don't want no part of this, Ricky Bobby. And it's like, dude, like they do though. They want to fix this. Like they want to they want to do something. And hey, huge shout out to Zoom. I just got a notification that says running out of time. We've removed the forty minute time limit from your group meeting, so uh, we can keep talking, which is great. Yay. Yeah. So and, and and what's cool too is that so that, that the history a history of violence. I I still I mean I get it when we're watch, watching it as a whole but like when I was actually watching the episode I thought that was in regards to Braithwaite um kind of prison imprisoning the spirit in in the museum is what mm-hmm. I thought was that just like this guy and again we still don't really know a lot about Mr. Braithwaite but mm-hmm. like he obviously has had a history of violence of killing people and and mm-hmm. presumably raping people too right with Atticus's mm-hmm. ancestor but so I was just thinking it was like that and again that's why the whole kill the death at the end threw me for a loop because i was like ah like the history of violence is that his undoing is the violence that he caused to this person and she's Mm -hmm. now going to be the where they are now going to be the one that is like revealing everything to them and then again montrose goes and kills kills them and i'm like come on but that's kind of what i thought of it as but maybe i'm misinterpreting it i mean yeah yeah that sounds right i I feel like for me i didn't really understand like what that person represented. So I think that was just kind of like me retrospectively, like, oh, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's why. But the great thing about the show, it's like, you, <laughs> there's literally so many like themes and things that could be explored. Yeah. That it's, it's almost infinite, so. Yeah, it, is that- it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the, uh, 
like you're trying to hide something from your past. Like you, you, you know, and, and instead of moving forward, you try to hide something and don't embrace something bad about your past. Like, yeah. like Braith White, that, that is, it's almost like when, when like Columbus and them came to the West Indies and, and, and slaughtered all those people and mm-hmm. brought famine and disease and stuff like that. Pretty much what Braith White was doing in the West Indies, you know, looking for magic or whatever he was doing out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, once you, once you, once you have, have an out, you know, maybe, maybe it's tough to, tough to handle. So you try to, you try to bury it some kind of way. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, history of violence, think... you know, history of violence repeats itself. That's true. And I, I, I don't think necessarily that, that it's as sinister, but I feel like it's the same in national treasure because, you know, they, they, they go deeper into the caves and they find like little secrets that, you know, that the founding fathers didn't want people to know and like all this other stuff. So I think that there is a sort of theme there of digging deeper into the earth, so to speak, to find, uh, find those secrets. Now, was this the same episode though, that we find out that Montrose is gay or was that in the next episode? Cause remember there was like the flashbacks of him um, or maybe not. I think it was this one. Cause remember the security guard said like, I saw your dad with the, you know, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah, tree. So that guy alluded, tree, right? They alluded to it, but I don't think this is where we saw it. It wasn't. It's not the episode where he goes to the club and 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 yeah. dances. Okay, no, okay, Wait, that, no, it's it's, 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 the, it's the guy. It's the bouncer from the from uh, the other guy's club. His name is Tree. Mm-hmm. He tells he tells him, but you know they they kind of they kind of they kind of like give you hints. Okay, in the first and second episode, you know. But you know, you, if you pick up on it, they're trying, they're kind of spelling it out for you in this in this episode. Right. Oh. He tells him, you know, I'm I'm looking here. There's a piece we've overlooked in this episode What's as that? well. That is, uh, William seduces Ruby. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that, oh, yeah. and then also this is this is when uh, Hippolyta and Deanna go uh, go searching for answers, which again I thought was totally badass. And at the same time, I'm like, no, just stay. But mm-hmm. like, uh, of course, they would you know trailblaze and, and head off. And again, huge shout out. I know we talked about this, but Hippolyta is the mother of Diana in this show and also in Wonder Woman. So I thought that was <laughs> yep. cool. Yeah. Uh, so we've got our very own Wonder Woman in the show, but yeah. So that and that, I'm only saying that because the the next episode, Strange Case, starts off with after sleeping with William, Ruby wakes up as a white woman. This episode, Maya, we'll start. I'll start with you. What did you think of this episode of the the body changing? <laughs> this I've never seen anything like this in my life, and I think I told y'all about this. Like the whole idea, obviously, we, we're you know, as all of us being Marvel fans, we've seen like scrolls, we've seen shapeshifters, but like the fact that we literally, when these transformations happen, like from like white woman to Ruby, Ruby to the white woman, it's like, you literally like see every piece of skin fall off her body. Like it's like literally they're killing, it's, it's such a visual experience that I've never seen before. But I think it was interesting, at first I was like, I'm like, wow, this is very bold. But I think it was interesting that they decided to explore it because um, like, I think Ruby was just very bitter. And as you can see, the difference between her and Letty was kind of like Letty had this like adventurous spirit that she was willing to take risks and kind of like dive into these new experiences. And Ruby was, it was, it was more so her kind of like sitting like in the back seat, kind of like waiting for, for something to happen. And like the fact that she's able to kind of like see this other side of privilege was really interesting. Um, I remember I cringed a little bit the scene where 
basically it was like the other like black woman were saying that like oh like kind of gossiping about her to the other white men she's not qualified but i mean obviously like you can see like okay if you're going to give like a, another black woman like a space at this you know this retail company like why, why not me and so again like really like going in on the bitterness of ruby but i think that it was really powerful and i actually really enjoyed this episode like i actually liked seeing it um because it was it was very fresh and um it really i think obviously the best way to know something is like to kind of like have your own personal experience so like the fact that she was able to live this life and like have this duality was um I mean, it was so crazy to just see her reactions on screen. It was, it was unlike anything else. So I think the, the shocking nature of it was awesome, but also just um, to kind of see like how she changed her whole outlook based on these experiences. We almost saw that she kind of got used to the privilege and how yeah. it was like, super easy to get like comfortable in that to the point where she, you know, you know, it kind of changed her attitude in a way that, I didn't think necessarily was always a good thing, but I mean, that's, that's what happens when people get access to privilege. They just want more. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a great point. I was going to say too, it's, it's like, it was so wild when it happened the first time, but then mm -hmm. like it was, she's like going back again, going back again. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay. All right. Like you, you definitely want to, you know, experience that. And, and she's totally right for doing so. I think, I think there was an interesting bit there too, that, uh, they, they talked about it in that podcast as well. But the fact that like Ruby and Letty are sisters, but they're sisters from different fathers. Mm -hmm. And because of that, because Letty is a lot lighter skinned than she is, that mm -hmm. there was, there's an air of jealousy that she has towards her because of that. And I yeah. think that kind of carries in this episode of like why she didn't get the job or why, you know, yeah. why she's always so jealous of her because she can just kind of walk out into a crowd and blend in sort of thing. Um, and, and again, now she's getting the chance to kind of live that life. It is the per it's the perfect, uh, walk a mile in somebody's uh, skin, I guess you could say until it's so tender that it falls right off the bone as it were, right? Maya? <laughs> you know, the one, the one thing I want to point out by that episode is, is the fact that when she did turn over, she was still in the black neighborhood and she pointed out that the, even the black people were scared for her as a white woman. Yeah, that was, you know, so so it's, it's not, it's not, it's not just, it's not just white privilege in a white area is white privilege in your own community. Yeah. Right. You know, they say, they said they, you know, they were scared for me and they, they, she'd never felt that before. Yeah. Right. It's and like, a, that, like, also I, I like notices like, when she was working in the departments with all the women, like, you know, like kind of just seeing the whole, like, like chauvinism with like that male manager, like, basically like raping his employees, like, and taking advantage of his employees. So it's interesting, like the, the show is really focused on like the, you know, quite of like the black experience and things, but like being able to kind of just see like, like other avenues of oppression, like, okay, this, these like women are literally being like having to sleep with this manager just to have a job. That was interesting right. to see too. Um, yeah. So like the fact that, you know, her own experiences were able to kind of like open her eyes to, you know, it's not always greener on the other side. Like 
look how horrible that experience like working for him was. Yeah. Just shows how rough society is anywhere in terms of like, especially in the job arena that was, and probably back then, hopefully more so than now, I'm sure it still takes place. But like that whole idea of, you know, if you want to get ahead, like you have to sleep with the manager sort of thing is so, so Mm -hmm. sad. And, and, and the fact that she's got Mm -hmm. double duty with having to realize that while pretending to be someone else is like, its own type of horror but she gets her revenge she uh she (laughs) has she she gets a very good revenge i would say on it and i I liked that she did it the way that she did because she i like that she lulled him into a false sense of security because it was like it's the same thing that he would do to anyone right of like just pretending to be a nice sort of person and then being crazy and Mm -hmm. so i I, it obviously was i tough for me to watch but uh it was rewarding nonetheless yeah. yeah that's 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 like i said that's the same thing it's it's the 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 crazy part is the rewarding part right the, yeah, the, the right. real the real stuff is the scary stuff the real stuff makes you cringe like maya was saying but but the the ridiculous stuff is uh supposed to be the shocking and and, and the, the scary part but it's not it's 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 more relief yeah which is sick which oh, which yeah. tells you about which tells you how how jacked up the real world is right exactly the fantastic stuff is a relief yeah, that you have to like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so much crazier that you have to have it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so from there, we jump into the next episode, which is Meet Me, Meet Me in Daegu, which is, and so the last episode, that was the Ruby episode. And so now this episode is the GI episode, which uh, oh, was okay. amazing. I, I, this was one of my favorites. Uh, and I, again, I, another huge shout out to Robert for having the, it's a spoiler, but not a spoiler of, hey, Alex, I think this is going to remind you of some anime. And, uh, oh, and I was waiting for it too, because I was like, ooh, is it going to be like, I don't, I had no idea that it was going to be The Nine Tales, which is perfect, because I've been watching mm-hmm. so much Naruto, and that was so cool. But the whole story was so cool. Like, the fact that they were able to tell such a cohesive story about a character we had, had not even seen in any of these other episodes, and immediately I was hooked. Immediately I, I, I wanted to like find out more about her. I wanted to know more. And it's like, oh, okay, so she's just a demon. Like she's an actual demon and she falls in love with Tick. And it's like, this is nuts. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I loved this episode. It's yeah. crazy how they were able to bring like so many, like there's so many just not random, but like very, very different stuff that collides in this one show and it's like wow like this this whole story like her whole story was so interesting and different but i think it collided well with like tick stories as well because this is the first episode we saw them him actually not being that great guy like he was actually doing horrible things um while he was in war and i think to be quite honest i feel like there was so many things unresolved between I mean, they had that conversation on the last episode, like them talking through things, but like that, that like their connection was so intense, almost more intense than Letty's, like in terms of just like, like them, like meeting, like, like how they like grew into each other and like knew, like, like began to appreciate each other because they were both operating in places of like, wow, like you were doing horrible things. I was doing horrible things. Let's kind of like figure each other out. Um, I mean, I don't want to compare between Letty because I mean, that seems like the very typical thing to do, but um, I think that the story was just so amazing. And I like how it kind of brought us out of the, the, um, the typical story, like the, what we've seen so far. 
Um, and it's just so similar to Watchmen in terms of just like kind of having like different like cultural influences in it as well. So I, I really like this a lot. Yeah. That's like that's like kind of hypocritical of Tick, right? Because you you know you, you see two sides of these characters. Tick mm -hmm. Tick's the you know all American good guy, but he's out there executing would be you know defectors or communists, and you know she shows she shows him her dark side in kind of a way, and he can't handle it. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. Hypocritical. And that that was probably one of my favorite lines. Uh, my two favorite lines in the movie was the 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 conversation that she has with her friend on that one night, I don't remember what the full conversation, basically a conversation of like, you should be who you are. Like you should be, you shouldn't be ashamed. In her case was of being a communist, but she was like, you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are. She didn't know that she was a monster, but she, you know, Gia did. And she's like, wow, this is big. But the big one was when her and Atticus were talking and he says something like, I didn't realize like that you were a monster. And she's like, you can't call me a monster when you are a monster. Like, we're both different kinds of monsters. And so like, if you think it was something about like, if you think that I can be redeemed, like you can be redeemed sort of thing. Like I just thought it was so powerful to show that, that like, and again, you're right. Like you can't really compare them because you're compare you're comparing a demon to an actual person. So like, you can't really compare the two of them, but it's still so powerful to see that even as that in a human form, that she's like capable of loving somebody and capable of changing who she is. Like she chooses not to, to kill him. And that was really powerful. I didn't even really look at her as a demon. Maybe I just. Well, what is it? She's, I mean, in Naruto terms, she's a Jinjuriki, but she's okay. like, a, she's basically a spirit that is, has been implanted yeah. into the human. So she's like, right. she's not from this world, basically. So whether you want to call okay. her a demon or a spirit or whatever. That makes sense. I didn't have any of like the anime, like, oh. like knowledge. So she's, a, like, she's a Kamiho. Uh, yeah. The human yeah, a Kamiho. She's a Kamiho is what they said, okay. the nine-tailed fox. Ooh, that's right. The, and in, in Korean culture, it's more, it's more of a demon. And in Japanese culture, like Naruto, it's more of a deity type. Thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's funny, too, because I think we misinterpret that, those things a lot where like, a lot of Asian languages, the words mean multiple things. So like mm -hmm. a demon deity might be the exact same thing to them in terms of mm -hmm. like, it's some all powerful thing that, you know, we have no control over, but, mm -hmm. and I got to tell you, when I found out that she had to get a hundred guys and she was at 99 and I was like, I was like, can't you just go back down to the barracks and like find like, maybe <laughs> oh, maybe you'll catch somebody shooting someone like pick him yeah. and then just take him home and you'll be free. Like it'll be easy. But yeah. she never, yeah. I'm assuming at the end there on that last episode that she hasn't done it yet, right? Like she is still I, the, the thing. I thought that the witch told her that she, it doesn't matter. She would never be free. She's going to outlive everybody. That's what she told her at the end when they, when they oh. go talk to the witch, the witch that cast the spell in the first place. And I think, I think the, uh, uh, her mom was the one that asked for that power in the first place. Cause remember her right. dad was abusive. Her dad right. was abusive and she, she had the, uh, she had the dad killed because she made a deal with the witch and the witch turned her daughter into the Camille. Mm. That's what she, so it's she, more she, of like, she, a, it she, doesn't she, matter even if you get to a hundred, like you're still going to be no. a Camille. That's what, that's, I, think, I think that's what, yeah. So I, I wish she'd have learned that sooner, maybe after like the first guy. And then she could have just, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of those deaths were warranted though, especially from some of the ones that she showed of those guys. At the mm -hmm. And the, that's uh, honestly, that scene was really jarring. The one with, with tick where they had the people lined up and, and executed uh, just mm -hmm. because it was like, again, we had learned that he was just, he was, a, he really is a good guy. And to see him just standing there and letting that happen was just, that was hard. 
this is following orders you know that's, that's oh yeah thing. exactly that's, that's, that's that like, like we talked about before like blind patriotism you're, you're just doing your job you're doing what you think is right for your country exactly it takes a good guy but he's he's blindly following orders you yeah. know yeah and then it's like you, you couldn't separate like okay you saw all the horrible things that were happening back in your home community and it's like just because you're in a new environment doesn't mean like this is the same like horrible stuff like killing people so mm -hmm. and he couldn't really see the difference and it's almost like that environment was like important to like understand like and i think overall like for the rest of the series like magic no magic you know at the braithwaites in like a different multiverse like wrong is wrong and like some things are just not acceptable yeah so. right that's a great segue maya because as as uh you know this episode wrapped up and um, she she gets that vision that if Atticus goes back to America, he's going to die. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I said, wow, I don't I don't. This was my favorite episode. And then all of a sudden, Sunday rolled around and I am came out and I was like, oh, go. no, this is my favorite episode of all of all. Of, I don't know if I'll ever be able to like something as much as I liked this episode. Uh, so this this was so good. Now. Now we get the Hippolyta episode. And again, I think, and Robert, you and I had a conversation around this one, but it's just the, the power of this episode to take a character that, again, they purposely put as a side character who you don't see a lot about. I, and again, me personally, I, was, I didn't like her because I was like, why are you taking this worry? Why are you like questioning? What, just let them go do their thing. And that is literally what everyone was telling her her entire life was like, stop getting involved. Just, you know, be a wife, stay at home, all that sort of stuff. And she gets the opportunity. Well, and she does. She does not get the opportunity. She seizes an opportunity by being incredibly smart and figuring out this Ori and opening up a gateway to the multiverse, and does that all by herself without any prior knowledge of anything, except for the one hint we get in that prior episode that she was really into space and she uh, named a constellation. Mm -hmm. Besides that, we had right. no knowledge of this. And mm -hmm. she goes and does this. And, and I'm getting chills just talking about it. And then she just literally uh, multiverse hops to all these different times and people to try and figure out who she is and to seize who she is. And she meets uh, Beyonce in, uh, in the, the uh, I don't even know what you would want to call that place, the like in-between or whatever it was where she's in that right. room. But mm -hmm. holy cow. And, and I guess even to tap, top it off on that, her daughter gives her that comic book. Uh, that she made her of the uh, the space age superhero with blue hair, and yeah. there's just so many bits in this that were I, I think I had chills almost the entire episode. No, oh, yeah, this is the best one to me personally. Yeah. But you, what 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 do you guys, what do you guys say, Maya? I mean, when I say I was not only was I like crying when I saw Beyonce for the first time, I thought like I don't know, it was like I was low key scared just because how like intense that visual yes. was to see this ginormous black woman with huge hair super tall like i'm like what the heck and it was just almost like un like unlocking a whole nother world and something that i found sorry my dog's throwing but like moms like are always like treated like these sacrificial beings like everything they have to do is to sacrifice sacrifice like i keep thinking of like viola davis like her character in, in Fences. Um, I keep thinking of like all these different like women, like moms, like black women mothers, like 
it's all about what's best for the family. It's always what's best, you know, for their husbands, their significant others. But like the idea of just like her literally like dropping all of that into this multiverse and doing whatever the hell she wants to do, which is so beautiful. Like, like that scene with Josephine Baker, I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Cause yeah. you know, there's so much like historical, like just beauty behind like her and you know, just being also like kind of like anti-government at that point and being an expat and like living in Paris. So she, we saw her kind of getting her sexy on in Paris. Then she was getting like, you know, releasing a lot of that anger and tension when, you know, she was this like warrior woman um, and like just doing exactly what she wanted to do. And it was funny, I was listening to the podcast. This is the only one I actually listened to like a full podcast episode on. And they were saying like, you know, there was, it seems so horrible. The fact that she was leaving her daughter, like horrible, like what mom leaves her daughter? Like, but at the end of the day, they're saying that they wanted to make sure, like, because at the end of the day, a lot of times, like, these moms are, like, these motherly figures leave, but they always come back. And, you know, eventually she did come back. But at the end of the day, she knew what she wanted out of life. And it's always, like, a double standard. Like, you know, we're all Marvel fans. Mm-hmm. All the, like, dad superheroes, like, all the superheroes are dads. Like, there's not, like, mom superheroes, like, in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay for them to go away, have this adventure, um, and kind of like be so separated from the family unit and go after what they want. But like for like as a woman, it's so you're always trying to wrap them around their obligations. And I get it. Like, dude, I don't want my mom to leave, you know. Um, but I think it was just so beautiful to kind of like she. Well, at the in, at the end of the day, she like neglected herself and like allowed herself to feel small and like she said she, like she felt like she was shrinking for so long that it almost like had to to be solved by her kind of just radically going after what she wanted and i really love the fact that eventually like even though you know her motherhood was in question during this whole time like she was able to come back to her daughter and show her new possibilities yeah so it's like again like the, the podcast talked about like her operating in a place of abundance rather than scarcity like she was able to live an abundant life and like bring it to her daughter who's literally, you know, everything with her arm and not feeling adequate, doesn't know if she's going to draw anymore. And now obviously we see at the end, like, you know, she has this little bionic arm, like new attitude, kind of being able to show her new things. It just shows like how that can carry forward. Um, so I feel like it was a really, really bold move of just having her like leave indefinitely. And, you know, we see her daughter really, really struggling. Um, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, she's making up for so many lost years. And sorry, I know I'm a major tangent right now. One more point. No, um, go for it. <laughs> they're like the whole idea of like George, because I, oh my gosh, like when that scene, when her and George are in space and like even that conversation beforehand, like it's so hard when they said like someone that you love treats you well, they, you know, respect you. At the end of the day, that same person could contribute to you you feeling like you're being like small. Exactly. Making you feel small. And it's like well intentioned people can also limit you. So it's like challenging that and not letting, oh, just because, you know, George was dead, you love George. Like, no, you had to set that standard, like, yeah, you're you contribute to me shrinking who I am just for the sake of being a mom and being a wife. So 
it was just so beautiful. I'm like, I just, oh my goodness. Like, I can't even put in the words. I got my sister to watch. She never watched. She doesn't watch TV. I'm like, just watch this one episode. And she was same reaction. Like, nice. I don't think I would ever mm-hmm. see anything as beautiful as this episode. I'm like so obsessed. Um, yeah. And this is absolutely my favorite episode of the, the, the season. Same, same here. Like we, we talked, Alex, we talked about this, like, you know, it's kind of kind of sparked a little conversation about, like you said, like a mother leaving her child behind, but nobody nobody bats an eye. Like, look at Interstellar. You know, mm-hmm. McConaughey goes away, and and there's no chance of him seeing his kids again. Like he's going right. off into you know. He's heroic. But, but he's adventurous. He, exactly. Nobody nobody says nothing about that. Nobody bats an eye. But we, mm-hmm. we're 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 questioning Hippolyta's motherhood and everything. And to me, like this episode, kind of put myself into question, you know, because I got black women all around me that sacrificed just for my benefit, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't thank them enough, but you know, what, what, what have they given up just, just so I could be where I'm at, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot, there's a lot of people, my grandmother, my, my wife, my mom, all kinds mm-hmm. of people give up stuff just, just for their kids or for, for their significant others. And to mm-hmm. see her be able to do what she wants, Whenever you know, just be who she wants to be was was empowering, and and that 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 could be for anybody. It's not just for black women. It's like people, everybody, yeah. everybody, some way, shape, or form, have been told they can't do something, or you get put into a box. Mm-hmm. This is this is who you are. This is who you're going to be in some way, shape, or form. And it, it's 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 it was like you know, kind of a relief to see that kind of thing where like she could be whatever she wants. She just like, you know Beyonce or the like she looks like the chick from Steven Universe to me. So you know she. <laughs> She's saying, who are you? Who do you want to be? And, you know, it's just like, she's still fighting it. Like, she's still hesitant, but like, no, you can be whatever you want to be. Just say it. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is yeah. cool. It's like people, people need to, people need to hear that. Like, you can be whatever you want to be. Just say what you want to be. Like, you know, everybody says there's power in speaking words. Yes. So, yeah. Amen to that's that. it. Yeah, and I'd say, and shout, shout out to my mom as well. And, and I guess as a, a quick aside, she was a uh, teacher before we were born and she had been teaching health out of high school for like 12 years. And she was the, uh, she was the first female coach of a male soccer team uh, in all of Illinois. Like she was just, she was a, I, I was talking about it earlier today, but she's kind of, kind of a tomboy in that sense. Like she coached all of our sporting games went up, but she stopped working. Uh, after my brother was born or maybe even before my brother was born, but so like she'd been taking care of me and still teaching and then she gave it up and it hasn't worked since. And so she's been like, she's done substitute work and, and, and other little here and there things throughout the time. But like she was going strong for like 12 years as a teacher and just dropped it for us. And to me, that's like one of the biggest sacrifices that I know in terms of that sort of thing. And it's that same thing of like, hey, you got kids, like you got to give up something. But what happens if you don't? Like, what happens if you get that opportunity to do it? Are you going to seize it? And I think that's what's so cool to see her do. And I loved that even in being able to do so, she didn't settle with what she got. She kept changing. So like, it was like, what do you want to be? And she's like, I want to be with Josephine Baker. And it was like, to me, that, that was her... That was like, I don't know what psychology piece of it, but like that was her, her dark desire sort of thing. Like that was her, her first impulse. She wanted to feel sexy. She wanted to go out and have fun. And then from there, doesn't she say that she's Hippolyta or does she say that she's a warrior? When she goes I can't to, remember. I don't, I could have swore it was that she said I'm Hippolyta. 
And when she says that, she goes to, and I'm looking here, and it was the Dahomey Amazons. And because mm-hmm. right. when they were all dressed up, and my wife was like, oh, like, is that a real thing? I was like, that's the Amazons, though. I was like, it makes sense because her name's Hippolyta. Like, I knew that part, but I'm like, so cool to see. And it says they were defeating a group of Confederate soldiers. But then from mm-hmm. there, she says, she says, I think I'm a wife or something like that. And goes back to George. And just like you said, Maya, like even that where those people that love you the most sometimes even are those people that are holding you back. And I think that goes to your thing of people telling you what you can't do. I think what is almost worse, especially for people who care so much and are so empathic is being told what you shouldn't do. Because Mm. I feel like when you're told what you can't do, there's almost a twinge there of like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. But when you're told you shouldn't do something, it's like, well, well, you could if you want, but you probably shouldn't. And, and it's like you, you kind of internalize that. And, so, and suddenly it's 20 years later and you're wondering where you are. And it's all because someone just slightly suggested something to you and that guilt or whatever it is, you felt like you needed to stay in your place or you needed to stay with this. Um, but God, the, the, the ending of her just, and again, it was so trippy seeing her in space with him. And I, I personally thought he was alive again after that. I was like, oh, so she brought him back from the dead. Yeah, but too. then when it was that it wasn't, I was like, well, that's even cooler that she was like able to take him out of time and out of space and to just go travel in space with him. Like every video game in space that I've played, like I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And, mm-hmm. uh, but then at the very end, yeah, her not coming back, I thought was the coolest thing because like you said, like they said in the podcast of like, they, they went back and forth of like, should she come back or not? And they're like, no, we're not going to ever come back in this episode because it defeats the purpose of everything mm-hmm. else that came before. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, we've been talking about this episode more than any of the other episodes. So yeah, say, <laughs> yeah. This is definitely our favorite episode. And again, yeah. cool that it's, it's a one and done. Like there's no cliffhanger at the end. There's no, you know, you don't have to watch any of the others, but like I told you, Robert, I feel like this episode is so earned because I feel like if you had started with this episode, people would be like, this show's a little too much. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And so the fact that yeah, we people did already it said that in the first episode. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They just yeah. kept pushing the envelope every episode. They're like, let's see how much more these people can take. Like, what happens if, if uh, Montrose kills this person we just got at the end of the episode? What if she doesn't come back? Um, but the other thing I'll, I'll touch on here, too, is, is while this is all going on, this is at the same time as uh, Montrose's whole situation that we were talking about. I don't know what episode this is in, but I'm seeing here in this current one, Atticus discovers his father's homosexuality while Letty finds out that she is pregnant. So both of those things kind of take place in this episode. So I guess we can briefly talk about, um, or is that in Jigabo? The next one, uh, Jigabobo, that's not, it has to have been like this one or the last one where Montrose is at the club and I yeah that was so powerful too yeah very liberating like I think that was because it's like obviously we know like his like his past more later episodes but just like just to see him be free and dance and I there's someone called this out in like the the podcast like the act like the movement like we saw Hippolyta she was dancing on stage she was running like basically like and then like we see him like dancing and feeling free it was just like finally like it felt like at last like it just so it was so heavy to think like he was spending like his whole life like bottling himself inside that's why he was such an abusive father is because he you know there was so much hate inside of him he was taking it out of his son so just to see those like those uh wounds like healed in a way or like at least begin to heal was awesome 
Yeah. But that was like the last that was like the last block, right? It was Tick. Like he was trying to protect Tick and even protect Tick from himself. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. when Tick when Tick finds out, you know, or he, no, he didn't find out, he that's when he found out he killed the 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 Arawak the Arawak person, right? Mm-hmm. So he finds out that and the gloves are off and like, okay, now I'm not even messing with this dude anymore. So now I'm, I'm free. So that's mm-hmm. the last that's the last block. So now he's free to do whatever he wants. Yeah, that was. I mean, and that's what was really cool about the again with these episodes is like each each episode. It seems like more of the characters are finally breaking through their problems so that they can. It's like they're on the last chapter, and so now it's like Montrose is there, Hippolyte is there. We now we still need Tick and we need Letty to catch up. Like they're still mm-hmm. holding back things and keeping secrets, and that's kind of what happens in this in this uh, episode as well. Was that Tick finds out and and forget to mention Tick was there with Hippolyte and he gets sent into the multiverse machine as well. And he comes back out and he's got the Lovecraft Country book. And uh, yeah. he also finds out that the Book of Names was lost during the Tulsa, uh, the Tulsa Massacre. And so mm-hmm. we kind of get that setup of like, ooh, are they going to do, do a Tulsa Massacre episode? And, and, you know, we end up getting it, which is fantastic. But before we do, we get the Jigabobo episode, which is uh, where, try, this, oh, this is the Emmett Till episode. And so I'll, I'll yeah. say this much. If you hadn't have told me that Emmett Till was in the ghost episode, I, uh, I would have had no, I, th- this was like my one bugaboo in this, in this series was, I was like, were they were friends. I was like that. It didn't make sense to me only because it was like, why didn't they mention that anytime sooner? And again, it's not, they were hanging out, I guess, in the haunted house episode, but I was thinking that maybe there would have been like something with him in another. And again, not a big deal. Cause again, he, that was more of just a, a way to push the plot forward. But for a minute I was just like, how, how does she, it's oh, it's her friend. It's her friend. Okay. That makes more mm-hmm. sense. But they didn't really do a good job of explaining, at least for me. Yeah. I, I think it was, it's like his little tie, like the thin tie and like the, the staple Emmett Till, like, yeah. so it's like, it's almost supposed to be like, I guess you're supposed, someone like, before you even watch the episode, someone spoiled that for me. So, okay. Really? Okay. Yeah, on Twitter, so I kind of saw it. But this is the episode with, with his funeral. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that too, that was so sad. And, and to see it the way that it was, where it was just this long line of people all lined up and everyone, you know, and her too. Because at that point, she's, she has no parents. And she's now kind of that person where other people are taking care of her. And we start to quickly see that these people care about her, obviously, but again, they've, they're not on the same page and they've got other things that they're trying to deal with. And suddenly she's forgotten in in the thick of it all. And there's, um, she just, it, it was a really good episode. And this was another one that the, I thought the podcast was really good about of explaining just that young, a young child and especially a young black child growing up without parents in that time mm-hmm. of how she just gets so angry. And there's that scene where she's walking down the street and the other two girls are laughing and she's like, stop laughing and like throws the rocks at them and whatnot. And, and all things that she probably wouldn't have done prior, but she's kind of feeling untethered at this point. And then, of course, she starts talking. And at this point, I th- I'm trying to remember the way that they said it, but it was like, she just doesn't, she's not held back anymore. And, and part of it was because of Montrose talking with her about like, you know, basically giving her the talk and saying like, the real world is not going to be kind to you. Like, you know, the, the police are not here to help you. You need to stand up for yourself and you need to do whatever you can in order to do that. And so she starts getting really feisty with the police officers, which was awesome. But then, of course, that's when they cast that spell on her. 
and we get the the creepy Topsy and Bopsy, those two girls. That yeah. and that to me is one of my one of the things that scares me the most are creepy people like that, where they've got like <laughs> the long nails and the and the crooked smiles and it like that that gives me nightmares. And when they were like all mm-hmm. bent over, oh my god, I was I was creeped out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really yeah. remember you were, so that was like an ode to like Uncle Tom's cabin. Yep. Yes. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know that. Like, wow. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, that, that episode was really intense and like it just and also it, it just sucks seeing like a child go through this. Like I know she's I mean she's yeah. I don't know. I don't know how old, maybe middle school, junior high age, but it just sucked that everyone, like you said, Robert, like before, like everyone else's um, acts were really just directly influencing Dee and like her experience. And, you know, it, it really just hit home, like, you know, everything that was going on when, you know, it all, you know, hit her life and, you know, how she was dealing with everything. And, right. um, and that was like a, beautiful scene was creepy as hell like oh my so much artistry behind that like the dancing and everything like i follow one of those dancers she's um on instagram and like she was posting all this behind the scene footage of like them making that scene and i think d that actress is bomb like ev- that whole episode i'm like okay she's she i want to see her in the mcu i want to see her right because i'm like she would be so awesome but that's neither here nor there. But I think um, it was a, a really powerful episode. What was was it just D that I feel like something else? Well, so this was this was the D ep- the D centric episode. So this one did focus mm-hmm. on her. But this is also the episode where Ruby confronts Christina and yeah. is basically like, yeah. you know, em- Emmett died today. You know, how do you feel about that? And she's like, I don't care. I don't care. Right. And uh, that was so powerful the way that just in the way that she explained it because she was like, I don't think you care either. Like if you did, why would, you know, why are you here? Why are you doing this? But there's so many layers to that. But that, that's when we find out too, that she asks those guys to kill her the same way. Like Emmett Till. Like yeah. Emmett Till and uh, to test her immortality, which I, I, I don't know who or what I saw of that, but it was like a, it was like a, I can't believe that she did that. And I, I thought that was awesome. I, I was interpreting that as like her actually trying to understand how it felt but in, yeah. in the most white way possible of like, I would love to experience this as long as I don't die. Like, yeah. I know I'm going to come back, but I still want to, you know, experience this. But, but it was cool. It was still, it was tough to watch because I'm like, God, the, what he went through and what they did yeah. with her having, ugh, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I think, I think that was more for the audience. Like, hey, this is, this is what happened to this kid. Now, now you're going to feel something because, you know, when it happens to a black body, a lot of people could tend to not care. Yeah. So, yep. so you know, mm-hmm. th- th- let, let, let's, let, let's shock the audience by showing it doing happening to a blonde white woman. Mm-hmm. See how people react. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, a person's a person. It doesn't matter who it is, but let's see, let's see how people react mm-hmm. to this happening to her. So, mm-hmm. How about those two guys though? Like how much did she have to pay them? <laughs> like, can you, <laughs> You remember what you guys did to Emmett Till a week ago? Can you do that to me right now? And they'd be like, "What?" And you're gonna yeah. pay me? Yeah, that yeah, was. I thought that was a part of the group that was like, "What did she really just try to like mimic it?" But like, honestly, how you just described it, Robert, like, and Alex, like, you know, no one else is immoral. Like, you look at the day to day, like, you really don't want to be in those shoes. Like, look how horrible. Like, just the thought of that, like, um. 
And it's like, yeah, you can't put yourself in someone's shoes, but you can recognize how horrific it is. Yeah. So I think that, like, I think, yeah, just shocking and, like, just seeing it not just happen. Nowadays, I feel like people are just, you know, expect there to be trauma, expect there to be murder and all this horrible stuff within the community. Um, especially people, you know, posting, you know, murder on the internet now. Like, it's normal. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I agree. I think ultimately they probably had a really it definitely made the message that it was intending to do. Oh, for sure. 100%. And then the end of that episode is uh, the second time that uh, Letty's house gets harassed by people when uh, all of those police officers show up to try and get the Ori, even though it's not even there. But that, again, I loved, I loved that every bit of magic in this uh, show worked like it always seems like in the shows and movies, like even when there is magic, somebody tries to do some type of magic and it's like, ah, you know, it didn't work. Like I didn't do the spell right. And I mm-hmm. love right. that that one lady came and did the blood on the house and mm-hmm. that worked throughout the entire season. Like there was the episode where right. Christina tried to come in and it didn't work. And then mm-hmm. now in this episode, the police officer tries to come in and it didn't work. And immediately he's like, right. okay, all right, they're on to me. All right, shoot the whole house up. And right. uh, and then of course we get the great and that that ending scene was so good of Letty it's Letty's about to get shot or no no it's Tick is about no, to get Tick's shot Tick's about to get shot Letty mm-hmm. was given immortality by Christina so she knows she can't die and that whole bit was awesome in the house when she's like sitting on the couch and you just see the little bullets like bounce off super mm-hmm. low key superhero in terms of like mm-hmm. they didn't make it look cool but it was it was super cool. Uh, but then right. she goes out to try and grab him, and you know, out of nowhere comes the Shaga. The, is it Shogath? The Shogath. Yeah. The Shogath, and and pops the, the, out of the, the ground, and just yeah. again, like we were saying, Robert, of just the it, terribly gruesome, but not as bad as what those police officers are doing to the house. So, but we're relie- but we're leaving, right? Because the, 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 yes. the, the horrible part is this 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 whatever he is the sheriff or the, the police captain whatever he is is pure evil yeah and, yeah and these these other these other cops these other cops are probably just running the mill cops they're not bad people or they're not evil people but they just follow blindly this evil mm-hmm. person and it's okay to shoot up a house full of black people because that's what he told us to do so yeah. the the shaga showing up and 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 absolutely mauling them was relief and that's sickening to think right because the horrible part is them shooting up the shooting up the house with no 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 just cause they're just mm-hmm. shooting up the house because this guy told him to yeah and it's all because he's frustrated it's not even like right he, at this point doesn't even he doesn't even need to get in the house because he knows he can't so it's like yeah. I mean, it's it's like breaking something after someone tells you you can't play with it and then let's be honest hands up don't shoot because if that fucker wouldn't have shot in the first place mm-hmm. you know the Shoggoth wouldn't have come up and destroyed them all. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to that whole uh, follower bit where it's like, you know, the, the Shoggoth shows up. No, please, I'm just following orders. It's like, oh, well, I don't. You're, you're being indiscriminate shooting this house. I'm going to be indiscriminate at ripping all of your guys' bodies apart. Like It's, it's, no, a, it's, it's still no a reason. choice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's still a still choice. It's, choice. It's, you don't yeah, have it's, to it's their it. orders. Their orders, but you're still making a choice to do it, to yeah. follow through. Yeah, hundred percent. But that was and that was cool. And then the whole episode ends with him, you know, putting his hand on it, and that, like, again, full circle from that first episode of like, mm-hmm. awesome. Now he has his own Shagat. That's so cool. He's like really power. It's he's kind of like uh, he's like an anime character. He keeps getting more and more powers as the season goes along. Letty too. Right. Uh, and yeah, and so then, then that's that episode, and and from there 
we get into the Rewind 1921 episode, which again, I was really looking forward to because of Watchmen and uh, you know how Watchmen depicted it in there, which I thought was very powerful, very, very visceral. And I was, you know, what are they going to do to differentiate themselves? And I think they did a fantastic job of doing so because I, if I remember right in Watchmen, it was more of a backdrop and more of a, like, yeah. this, this event happened in the past and that's why we're here. Whereas mm-hmm. this one right. was more of a, we need to go back to the past and actually relive the event. And I think that made it so much more powerful. Yeah. We, I think we talked about this before, Alex. I think, I think, I think uh, the, the Lovecraft take on the uh, Tulsa riots made it more humanizing because you, you see how it was just a regular day before, yeah. before, you know, everything, everything went, went crazy and you, you, you got names and, you know, uh, uh, Montrose has got his monologue while he's waiting for Letty to come with the book. He's talking about, you know, the, the, the best dentist in the country mm-hmm. is right there. And they, oh, they blew yeah. up his place and they shot him in the head. They shot him in the face and all this stuff. Like they're, they're putting, they're giving it more, they're making it more humanizing. Like it, and, and it, it's, it's jaw dropping and eye opening and Watchmen, but Watchmen, like you said, you're just getting dropped in there. You, you don't, you don't know these people. You're just seeing stuff happen, but it's more humanizing than the, uh, and Lovecraft. That's why we, we, you know, I talked about it before. It's, it's, it's like kind of, you know, see, seeing these people living their everyday lives and, you know, just like anybody else. And all of a sudden, you know, some haters come along and, mm-hmm. you know, these people are well-to-do, well-to-do people. They're educated. They, they, they manage their own money. You know, they, they, they're doctors and lawyers and, and, and scholars and everything. And they just, people are just mad because and yeah, and they they're weren't not bothering anybody. Yeah. Right. They just wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, the, the, the I got you kid scene because I remember that, I was like when yeah. I watched this episode I'm like what the hell did I just watch <laughs> like when like right? the, the Jackie Robinson I'm like swinging my bat I'm yeah. like what is what's going on but it really just showed like 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 almost like the manifestation of you know everything that you know Atticus was you know supposed to do and it's it i'm still trying to grapple like with you know sometimes i think into things too literally like okay so it was clear like he was meant to be there he was a part of that story um and it's crazy that he was almost like the heroic figure for his father like uh-huh. he told mantra young mantras like i got you you know saved him um and i i just thought that was really beautiful and again like reinforcing the idea that you know, ancestors, like family, like that was, that like was like the most sacred thing and like really like magic in this whole experience. Um, but the fire scene, like, who man, that was the hardest thing I've ever watched on, like on a series without a doubt. Um, just Talking like about when they're praying in the house. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then like, she basically tells, like, Hattie, her name was? I think so. Hattie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hattie. she says, like, you're going to have to die. And it's just, like, I can't even imagine that. Like, you're going to have to die today. Sorry. Like, but then the fact that the show really just, they just showed her body being burned alive, even when her body was, like, on the ground, like, to a crisp. They just focused on it and just showed it the whole entire time. Yeah. And I thought it was, you know, we always talk about, like, not a lot of things have changed. And I totally think that obviously racism still exists and has its, you know, taken a new form in our current everyday society. But like, 
seeing Letty unburned, untouched, it really just shows like, this is like the fire, this is the shit that our like people had to deal with. And it's like, now it's up to you. Like there was in the last episode, wrote it down because it was a really powerful quote. Uh, Dora, um, Atticus' mom, she was like, um, if we aren't walking to an altar to sacrifice ourselves for something important, what is our purpose? And wow. I just like, wow. Like, I kept thinking yeah. back to that fire scene, like, you know, she's, you know, this is the cost of like moving the like baton forward. And, you know, her purpose was to, to make sure that, you know, everything, you know, they were moving forward, even if it's a later timeline was her great, 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 great grandson or however the, you know, the, the, the family tree looked like, but I was just like, wow, that was very intense. So we didn't see her. I mean, she was crying, like it was pain. I don't know, oh gosh. I, I try to like get out of my mind that imagery, but that was very, very moving. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, that whole idea that like, she's so willing to give up her life for somebody that she just met five minutes ago. And is mm-hmm. like, yeah, here's the passcodes. Like, here's the book, take it. Yeah. And, and literally lays her life down for her and she's like, are you going to be okay? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I can't be harmed. And it's just right. like, was so powerful to see that and to see that whole idea of like, mm-hmm. you know, the things that I, you know, the things that all of our ancestors have done have mm-hmm. led us to where we are today, doing what we're doing, recording this podcast, like mm-hmm. every little step and moment that everyone has done has kind of, and, and it brings into question the idea of, of uh, fate and destiny, I think in this episode, mm-hmm. because you've got that whole thing of like, and I, I see, I, I lost it when they showed up in that alley and he's like, this is where, you know, the, the, the stranger showed up with the baseball bat. And then I saw the bat in the ground or I saw it. And I looked at my <laughs> wife and I'm like, I'm like, it's like him. Hammer. Holy cow. It's him. It was and like when the hammer was raising when Cap was. Around. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was that literally was the same feeling. And he yeah. picks and, and he didn't even, he was like, and that's when the guy said, and he goes, I got you kid. And I was like, he even knows what he's going to say in advance. And, but then it's like, okay, but it happened in the past. And it's happening now. So does that mean that there is no sort of free will that like it all was yeah. supposed it's to It's all happen. destiny. The yeah. Like, like everything, everything, happened. everything was cyclical in that, in that show. <laughs> like the book was yeah. never lost. The book, the book was just, okay. It never got burned. It was just lost. And they, nobody knew because Letty was always supposed to come back and get the book. Mm-hmm. Tick was exactly. always supposed to show up and protect, protect his uncle and his mom and his dad who, Whichever one is supposed to be the uncle and dad, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, but, and the, yeah, the book. Well, the book was never <laughs> lost because she took it. Yeah. So like, it was just no one knew right. where it was because she had it the whole time. It's, right. it's every yeah. everything everything happens for a reason in that show, and like like I think that's, you know, the 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 uh, multiverse episode too. Remember, he was talking about the the hooded the hooded woman with the robotic arm pushes right, him through. Right, right. Oh. Gives him the book. Yeah. yeah. That's that's D. That's D. Yeah, right. And so you've got like all of these little hints and bits of like this, it's all connected. And, 
Right. It's funny because, you know, you, you, you talk about that in like a real life setting. It's like, Oh, well, you know, that's not going to happen in real life, but like that is how it would happen in real life because it's the same way. Like time is linear and it's moving forward. And the only way you'd beat it is by going back in time. But that's just like, if someone already went back in time, it's already happened. I think is like a, right. something I heard was like, if, if time travel exists, it's already happened because you would right. never know because if you're not part of it, like, time just keeps going on. And so it's like all of that was meant to happen. Every little piece right. of it, the fact that, um, that what was it? He, his friend got shot like that, mm -hmm. that, that happened no matter what, that his dad still beat him. And that it, 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 all power to Montrose for letting that happen, because I was convinced that he was going to try and do something and yeah. he got very close yeah. to doing it, but I don't even think it, I mean, tick didn't really have to stop him. He just was no. like, Hey, we can't do this. But the, the and all I don't know what his do you guys know the name of, of Montrose as a uh, real name? Michael K. Williams. Is yeah. that who it is? Michael K. Williams. He's yeah. he's yeah. probably one of the top ones in the show, I would say, because his yeah, facial he, expressions were so powerful in that scene yeah. of just him like uncontrollably crying and shaking. And he did the same thing in the in the episode uh, at the club of like him yeah. just crying and letting all of the you could just tell the shifts in his mind as he was healing he just did such a good job of doing that and he i can tell he's a, he's a powerful uh, actor because and I, I made a comment of it in the in my purge episode but he was in the second purge movie mm -hmm. as the like uh malcolm x character against the purge and so he's talking about like right. you know it's keeping our people down basically acting the exact same way he acts in this show so he's mm -hmm. kind of like a like a uh, chadwick boseman in a sense where like he picks these roles of like yes this is this is the message that i want to send so i just i that episode i was like wow he did a good job and then tick tick obviously jonathan majors is incredible he he killed it in that yeah. he's killed it in everything that he's been in. I think the only, I'm trying to think there's one movie I think that he's been in that I haven't seen, but I watched all of his other stuff because it was, he's just, I, such a I tried movie. to watch last, I tried to watch uh, last black man in San Francisco. I could not follow that. That's the one that, that I haven't weird. seen. Then. I haven't seen it. It is weird. It, it's on, uh, I think it's on uh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. It's on Amazon. Yeah. On prime video. Yeah. I could I not my follow it. I have to watch good, it again, but, but it's so weird. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> well hey i mean all you got to do is watch the five bloods i thought he did really good in that one and now all you gotta yeah, do is did. watch ant-man 3 right yeah he's gonna, yeah he's gonna be but even then like thinking about and i get that's a tangent in and of itself but like to think about jonathan majors being kang and choosing a, again he's and I, I read a a really great article that he did for gq and he was just talking about mm -hmm. how like he knew he didn't know exactly that he wanted to be an actor but when he was in school he had to take, they had to take the proficiency exams or whatever. And people already assumed that he wasn't going to do good because he's black. And he like purposely was like, yeah, you know what? I don't care about this. Like I, I know what, what matters to me. I know what I am. And I know, and he said something about like, he only tries to take roles that mean something to him, kind of like Oscar Isaac. Uh, and I'm only saying that from Sean's uh, podcast today, uh, talking about the same thing where he, they pick the roles like Chadwick. And so I think him picking Kang is really interesting because He's so many, Kang is so many different people in different periods of time where like there's mm -hmm. the future version of him. There's the past version of him, the present version. So to see Jonathan play multiple different versions of himself that you would assume is eventually going to heal him is like perfection. Like I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, and I'm trying to see if there's anything else that happened in this episode, but I'm pretty sure that's it. I mean, the only other big uh, my, takeaway I would say is uh, Hippolyta's hair finally actually turning blue. And I thought oh that was God, like, so that cool. Was like her, like she had like stuff coming out of her Spit, Yeah. Like, oh. That was intense. And she's got the things hooked yeah. up to her arms. Yeah. And, oh that was, my. Wow. But it that was a beautiful scene. Like, yeah. She gave mm-hmm. her, she gave every, I mean, again, it's like that, at that point, that was when everybody was on the same page, I think, mm-hmm. is like, once they came back, but like, she's already been on the same page. And so for her to sacrifice herself like that, mm-hmm. she didn't die, but like, for her to get electrocuted for probably a couple hours is like, insane. So you know that she, she is so powerful. And I loved too, that like, no one said anything about her hair. Like not in yeah. either of the episodes. No one was like, that's really cool. Not even her daughter was like, ah, oh, cool hair, mom. Like, she's like, why did you leave me? I'm like, can you at least compliment her hair? Like that, that was so, such a cool color of blue. But then we get mm-hmm. to uh, the last episode, the season finale. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm trying, I remember kind of Robert and I talking about this, but Maya, I don't think we got your thoughts on how you felt about the last episode. It was, I mean, well, if I talk about the fire scene being like the toughest one to watch, kind of like this almost like Jesus crucifixion with a tick at the end was also very hard to watch. Um, but like you said, I think, I think it was like, I, I enjoyed the episode because I think it was a great conclusion and because it brought everybody together. I love that car scene when they were just singing, like literally about to knowing that they're about, you know, have like this crazy experience and like you see everybody in that car just finally like seeing joy whatever okay so <laughs> did you pick up on the fact that that uh ruby never liked that song in the first place because remember they asked her to sing it at the beginning in the first episode she's like shaboom shabang shaboring oh, and yeah. she's actually singing it because it's not her it's christina the whole time oh that was what? christina in the car <laughs> oh my yeah. god that wasn't her that wasn't wow. Ruby. Oh. Hey, sharpest Ruby eye. I spy award goes to Robert. Right. <laughs> wow. R.I.P. Ruby. Damn, I almost forgot. Yeah. So she died. Alive. Yeah, they killed. Yeah, Ruby hated that song. Well, she right. I'm just. I, they so don't ever show the her dying. They just. They didn't it, show her, but no. Christina said she killed her. I don't know if I'd right. that. Show me the body. That's what oh, I we'll say see. with TV. Yeah, show, show me the, the body. body. Right. Show me the body. But uh, but no, yeah, yeah, Robert, that is crazy. Oh, that is. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. What way to turn a really special moment into something a little more sinister. <laughs> I know. I was it's still, so happy. It's still got a moment. sinister spot. Yeah, yeah. it's still, it still got its moments, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's, I mean, that's, in, well, that's why they did it. Like, it really was that special mm-hmm. moment of like, literally the last time that they all were together because half of them die in that, <laughs> in that episode. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was also super impressed that that many people fit in the car. I thought that yeah, was, I know. There was a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was nice too. Cause like, you know, from that first episode or second episode with like them getting followed in that same exact car. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like that, the fact that you're able to rest knowing that they're, they're traveling and, um, or like at least still have like a sense of peace during the time, you know. But yeah. Um, ultimately, I think. Um, and what is, what was her name again? You said Gia. Yeah, yeah. Gia. Um, yeah. I yeah. really liked. I felt like the series they could have probably went a little bit more into. But then, it, like, okay, things are different when you basically tell me like she's basically this like deity or like demon. So. 
Maybe mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. different from like, you know, trying to dive deep into more like the humanity aspects. But um, I really liked how she kind of like saved the day. And I remember like the, that the witch or whatever she was talking about, but like you have to become one with darkness. And I haven't read too much mm-hmm. into it, but it's like the fact that these, you know, things came out and it wasn't like, you know, from the typical scenario um, and how she was able to intervene and kind of like control her own narrative was, yeah. was really cool. Um, and then just seeing D at the, the very end, um, just so badass. But yeah, uh, the scene between like Letty and like seeing Tick, like basically like getting killed up on that stake and like just like her mouthing like I love you was whoo man that was definitely really hard but ultimately I figured like Tick did what had to be done and like he focused on saving his family and I know he kept it a secret from his Montrose but Mm -hmm. it's almost like his own way of protecting him so yeah I think I read too much into that like with with D because you know at at one point she's in the in the in, in Woody in the woods and uh <laughs> she's, she's scared she's scared because you know the, the shagas are all around her you know and she's reading the book and, and i think i can't quote it directly but she's saying something like her her i guess that would be her cousin is is you know G- george freeman is the future george writing that book that she's reading she's reading a lowcraft country book and she says you know uh they don't move forward without their own not not just their own blood but somebody else's blood being sacrificed not just their like that point you were making earlier my that quote you were reading you know mm-hmm. they're talking about we have to spill our own blood to move forward right mm-hmm. basically what you're saying no d d comes in at the end and says you know they never learned she's not talking i, I don't think she's talking about christina and the braithwaites i think she's talking about the group they never learn because they left her alone they left her alive and i think i don't think that's the same d because that that's such a weird turn, isn't it? It's such a weird turn. Like she's such a badass yeah. in this freaking short moment. And nobody's checking for her. They're all leaving. They're all leaving and they're like, okay, the day's over. Mm-hmm. They forget about D again. Like this yeah. this D just shows up. That that's just my take. I might I might be reading too much into it, but like I think that's the one that pushed Tick through the portal. I think that that's the diff- that's oh, a different D. Yeah. This is this is a D that's that's going around trying to like Kind of like being a king the conqueror in 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 this sense in 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 the Lovecraft country like this this is this is the one that's you know seeing everything or or she she's writing wrongs in different multiverses because who's to say that another Braithwaite doesn't come from another multiverse and try to get the book maybe this is the only universe where the book survives you know they wow. never learn so they have she's trying to she's trying to snuff out she's trying to snuff out the the the, the adversaries and she says they never learn she like basically destroys her robert's on the uh, second I season i don't, I don't already. think that's the same one i know i don't, I think, that's, I don't think that's the same because the fact that she like choked i'm like wow she really just choked the heck out of her yeah like, that's very different from the d we saw even like what 20 yeah. minutes prior like yeah yeah 20 minutes prior she's scared she's scared to death and she's in the car reading the book you know and, and now all of a sudden she's just like a complete badass and, and grabbing bitches by the neck and freaking choking them out right and i think and i, I know <laughs> i had uh, i'd argued with you about that because i was like well in that part though when she's in the car she has her mechanical arm because before they leave her mom installs her arm but then you're you're right, right. like 
just because you get a mechanical arm doesn't mean you're a, like a cold-hearted killer. Like that takes right, time, right away. time overnight. Yeah. So that, that's a really great point. I a hundred percent would believe that. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you, my, but actually I, I think weirdly enough, this was my least favorite episode of the season. Yeah. Uh, but, but in least favorite, I, ga- I, I gave it like a seven out of 10. Like it's not a bad episode by any means, but it just, there was, there was some bits about it that felt more like they were trying to wrap things up yeah, than they I, were trying to do like, Oh, maybe we can drop another hint here. And it was like, I, and I was telling Robert, like they could have just made it at like two hour episode, or even if it was like an hour and 20 minutes, like give an extra 20 minutes and it would have probably been really good. But they tried to stuff a lot of stuff into that last, you know, that last probably 20 or 30. Yeah, they didn't have enough. I don't think they had enough time. I don't think it was Game of Thrones worthy yet. And, you know, that's a shame because it's a really good show. But they probably didn't think ahead of time, like, this this thing deserves an hour and a half, two-hour finale. Because they probably thought it was just going to be like a one and done maybe. Or maybe they didn't know if it would take off like it did. So they probably didn't allot enough time to, to wrap up the story. Mm-hmm. I know I, I totally agree like I, it's like I rewatched it and it was very emotional but like I definitely felt like everything was just trying to get like wrapped up and there is I mean like every episode was just such like this amazing you know characterization and it's almost like everyone was kind of there and I don't know it and I almost felt like Letty got lost too like I honestly felt like Letty kind of got lost like midway through the season like we get so much on her and I get it like you're giving time for other other people but like Tick had like this very consistent force and I feel like almost like they had to kind of like tone back some of like Letty's story to get like open it up for other people which I'm like okay maybe that had to happen but um yeah I agree that the, the it it wasn't as powerful as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, no. it's like, what are you going to expect when you've got all these other amazing episodes? Like you would have had to do something so crazy in that last episode and it wouldn't have felt like a season finale. Like in some respect, you got to wrap some things up when you're doing right. a season finale. Right. It's like, you can't blame them too much. But I think another piece of that too, that's interesting is it almost makes me wonder. I feel like the show is, is it obviously is about tick the first season at least. So it's like, he's the main character. He's getting the most time and all of these other characters. Yeah. They're getting their own episodes, but you're not getting as much. Cause it's like Letty. And again, Letty's Letty's catching up quicker than most of the other people too. Like she's got her faults, but she immediately very quickly is like, yep, we got to work together. Like we need to figure this out. Why are you guys arguing? So like at that point, what more do you need to see from her? Because she hit her growth. Obviously they could have done more, but I totally see what you mean too. Yeah. Especially the, so I, I was super confused about, and I know, I think we did talk about this, about the immortality versus, versus invulnerability. Yeah. Like the fact that Christina and, and Letty had invulnerability. It's like, why do you need to be immortal? And then it, but then she wants to be immortal. And so I was like, okay, all right, clearly. I mean, that's a great message for like, give an inch, take a mile sort of thing of like, you know, just cause you know, this white lady got what she wanted. She's invulnerable, but now she wants even more. She wants to be, and she's doing it because she, she wants to prove her dad wrong. And she wants to, you know, prove all the guys in her life wrong, which is totally fine. But uh, I don't know for me, I would have been happy with the, uh, the invulnerability. Like I would have been jumping off cliffs and, and all kinds of stuff right away. Yeah, but, her journey was interesting. Like, I get it, like, she was rejected by, like, this this all-men's, like, group or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was just, like, her her motivation just seems so baseless. Like, gosh, we see all these different crazy stories and all this, the struggle that everyone's going through. 
and you're just power hungry, like I never. You know, really... that's that's kind of it, though, right? Like that. I, that... I think, yeah, I think that's kind of like what what goes on in real life, right? Like you you yeah. you, you attach yourself to a struggle to get what you want. Like you're, you're attaching yeah. yourself to these people who are struggling to get what you want. Like you're, you're I don't know, you, you have your own reasons, but. Yeah, but it's all relative. So like you, right. have, you have Tick whose, whose struggle is insane, but then you have her and it's like, oh, my struggle is that I don't feel like I'm equal to the men around me. And it's like, well, that's a very privileged struggle that you have comparatively to what other people have. So in a sense, it's like, yeah, maybe her character building was weak. That's because she's a weak character. Like, that's her mm-hmm. whole point. So I, I, I liked that piece of it, too. It made total sense. But yeah, it was like, give me more of, uh, I wanted to still see some more with like, I thought Gia and, and Tick were going to have something by the end of like some reconciliation. I know they had that talk in the house, but mm-hmm. I was I was hoping for like something at the yeah. end, but it, but it didn't happen. But again, that's fine. We, we can't complain yeah. too much. I'm but, sure. Yeah. I really... Was there any indication that there's going to be a second season? Uh, they haven't confirmed. No, not yet. Yeah, not yet. No, no confirmation yet. I know they. Um, I was trying to see because I was looking at Misha Green, uh, phenomenal writer. She did a great job, kind of um, mm-hmm. transposing the book, which I did buy. I haven't read it yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm going to see here. I don't think there is anything for. Yeah, they don't mention anything for a second season. Uh, but I wanted to, to call out, there was a great quote that they did twice in the show too from Alexander Dumas, or Alexandre Dumas, uh, that is, is, there is neither happiness nor misery in the world. There is only the comparison of one state to another, mm-hmm. nothing more. He who has felt the deepest grief is best able to experience supreme happiness. And I think that made the most, obviously like that was such a powerful quote to begin with, but when, mm-hmm. when Tick dies at the end, I think that set it in place. Cause they're like, no, no, like don't go. And he said, he kind of says, or he writes that letter and says like, this was what I was meant to do. Like this was my purpose. And he, mm-hmm. he died happy. Cause I think they show that too. Like she says, I love you. And he, mm-hmm. I don't remember if he says it back, but he smiles. Yeah, he smiles. And he, mm-hmm. and I, it's like, that to me is the most powerful way to die is to go out smiling. And, and for him to be able to do that, to have experienced the most deepest grief from his father going back in, into the, you know, to Tulsa, all the stuff that they had to go through to being able to give his life so that, all black people can have magic was and only black people can have magic was so cool to see and i thought and and i wanted to get you guys thoughts on that too how'd you like that as an ending like do you think that's going to make for an interesting if there is a second season uh an interesting move going forward to take away magic from from uh all white people I mean, I think it's it's definitely something I would like to see, like, explored. But, I mean, I think it, it's cool because, like, how it started, too. Like, literally, like, Hannah taking it away from, like, her evil master and, like, kind of reclaiming that. And uh, new stories being formed from, like, finally having, like, new privileges or, like, privileges you just never had before. Um, so I thought it was, I, I liked it, um, but obviously, you know, we'll see how it all like shakes out and if there is a second season, but um, I, I know I really like it because I feel like that's the only way, like, that's the only comforting thought to know that, you know, these black people can't be manipulated by all these, you know, Sons of Adam or whatever this group is. Um, so I think that was the most comforting thought to know that's not in their hands anymore. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. What about you, Robert? 
I, I don't know. I just think that what, what what's going to be what are the, what's going to be antagonists moving forward? What what is what's, what's their what's their struggle going to be? What's their what's their uh, yeah? What's the struggle going to be moving forward? Because yeah. the show is basically you know tackling racism and stuff back in those days and having to deal with like oppression and 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 now you throw magic into the mix. So what are they going to be dealing with moving forward? Mm. Wait that, a minute. Was Christina it. under the rubble when she got killed? Yeah. 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 But she wasn't, she wasn't dead. She wasn't dead. And that's why right. like, D, was, D was saying they never learned. And you know, yeah. who was she talking about? Man, who was, Robert, who was she talking I think, about? think you're onto something. Here's, here's my, and this is my, what I was talking about with Robert earlier is I, I was finding interesting the idea that maybe in the next, whatever, the next season, that there is a threat so great that they're like, oh man, we maybe we shouldn't have taken away the magic from from everybody. That like maybe that was the wrong play, uh, yeah, but, but I'm play. not sure. But like, I think that last scene is from the future. Now that you're mentioning it, because Christina can't die, so if she was pinned under that rubble, she would have for been pinned time. there for all time. So maybe the next season takes place in the future. And is a whole new set of characters, except for, you know, the ancestors, D and, you know, X, Y, and Z, who are older now, like George, maybe George is in it, the young George who wrote the book. And so they're, they're what, I don't know what the story would be, but maybe it is set in the future. And at some point they're like, wait, Christina's still alive. And she's like, yeah, I'll go fix that real quick. And then goes over yeah, there they and never chokes learned. her out. Because right. yeah, if she's, if she didn't get actually killed, she can't die. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. So she would have just been kind of in limbo under that so, rubble, so, not being able to move. So, so that that goes back to what I was saying. That's that's the D that can hop through multiverses and say, okay, yeah, yeah. I got I got to fix, I got to fix this. So I wonder you what know? if it's like, what if what happened in this season is something that's sort of happening in multiple universes, and she has to go to different universes to help them move forward into that same world of of, of maybe there's a different version of a tick that mm-hmm. needs help one way or another, and she goes into that one and help like that would be kind of crazy. It, it it that would be good because that's basically what the show is. It's like you know, like you guys said, it's different genres of horror and different stories being told. So I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe we just yeah. get different versions of of the characters doing different things. Oh, that'd be crazy, actually. So all the same actors you know, like, pretending like, to be different people would be nuts. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like like some maybe maybe some kind of uh, I don't know what. what I'm 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 drawing a blank on the name of the show. Uh, I think Jordan Peele is doing it on CBS now, isn't he? Like, uh, oh, um, Twilight Zone. Uh, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that would. The the possibilities are certainly endless when you start, you know, taking into account the multiverse. So that that's going to make mm-hmm. it super exciting. So, uh, well, with that, you know, the that is the season, and that was that was Lovecraft Country season one. So I'll we'll wrap this up. I'll I'll, I'll let both of you have some final thoughts on the season. Or if there's anything on the top of your mind that you're wanting to talk about, Maya, we'll start with you first. Yeah, I, I think overall this series was definitely pushed the envelope in like visuals, um, gave us a lot to like see and a lot to explore. And I just love the fact that even though there is a lot of struggle and a lot of like trauma in it, like how they explore it and like the the sense of like overcoming at the end of it was really powerful and it wasn't it didn't seem like just another black struggle series like it actually had a lot of great themes that um were really inspiring and 
um, on like a social level too, like there's just so many amazing things that, and like I said, we can keep pulling back layers and learn so much more. So I feel like those are the type of, like the best type of shows where it's constantly teaching you something and the more you look at it. Um, so overall, I really loved it. And I love like being able after each episode, talking to y'all and hearing your perspective because a lot of times we all three of us had like different takes on everything. So again, I think that just contributed to how amazing the, the show was. So yeah, like yeah. thanks for having me, Alex. Yeah, of course. It was it was a blast. And and, and Robert, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad to be on with you guys. Like I've I've had fun talking about the show with y'all for like the whole season. And yeah, just ditto everything Maya said. Basically, you know, it's, the show you know deals with racism, but it it, it kind of has uplifting messages and kind of tells you you know kind of shows you the struggles of the of the ancestors and and what, what are you going to do moving forward like you see all the sacrifice being made and it's, it's up to you now now it's in your hands you know what are you, what are you going to do moving forward you have to see what people have fought for and struggled for and sacrificed for like what 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 are you going to do about it yeah. that that's my that's my take on the whole thing yeah well said so yeah, I'll, I'll finish up with just saying thank you so much to both of you for coming on to this. This was a long time in the making and hopefully not the last time that we're able to do something like this. So uh, what I'll end with though is I'm going to give both of you guys' Instagrams a shout out for people to follow. Uh, Robert, we can hit you up at, I believe it's Klauser.Robert. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then for Maya, it is Kane in the Sky. Uh, that's C-A-I-N-E. And I would say shout out, follow Robert if you want to see amazing artwork, uh, some of the best drawings that I've ever seen ever about all of the coolest things. And then also oh, definitely of Maya follow if you're a fan of business queens, if you're a fan of uh, cool videos and superheroes. So to both of you guys, thank you so much. And on behalf of Comics and Cinema, I'm Alex Klein. And uh, I was going to say we'll see you at the movies, but I guess we will tune in on the TV.